Hi, it's Dwyer. Gamblersadvisory.com, a free site. Bettingangle.us, a free site. For premium picks, Dwyer70905.substack.com. Today is Wednesday, October 6, 2021. Now, some of you in the comment section of an earlier video I did on this fight want to know why I haven't taken Wilder by KO as a hedge, right? After all, in the first fight, Wilder drops Tyson Fury twice after the halfway point of the eighth round, right? It's a seven and a half over under at this point for this fight, right? So the idea is, hey, Wilder has already proven that he has late power in fights against Tyson Fury, right? No doubt Wilder has shown he can knock down Tyson Fury. It's not speculation, it's actually happened. Also, for those with a stopwatch and for those with, you know, a memory of what happened to George Foreman in Zaire, right? I'm just telling you, George Foreman gets off the canvas in Zaire, arguably faster than Tyson Fury does. On the second knockdown, the referee in the Foreman fight gives Foreman a 9 count, not a 10 count. Foreman loses his title. Here, Tyson Fury is able to open his eyes, regain consciousness, get up, and Jack Reese, the referee, allows him to continue. Right? That's how we end up ultimately with the rematch with Tyson Fury beating Deontay Wilder and with Tyson Fury, quite frankly, the best heavyweight on the planet, with maybe the exception of Alexander Usyk. Well, let's get back to the props here. Simply put, number one, I'm being greedy. Right? Why am I not hedging with Deontay Wilder by stoppage? Because I believe Tyson Fury wins the fight, and if Tyson Fury gets the stoppage in the first seven and a half rounds, I would win both parts of the hedge, right? The part that has Tyson Fury winning, the other part that has, you know, the under on the over-under, right? If you're more of a gambler than that, and your hedge is Fury by KO, well, great. I get the Fury by KO props, and I get the under if Fury wins by KO, as I suspect, before the midway point of the eighth round, right? And, of course, if lightning strikes, if Deontay Wilder gets the stoppage in the first seven and a half rounds, then, of course, I'm good there. The hedge serves its purpose because I win some money on that part of the hedge to offset the money I lose on the other part of the hedge, right? So the first reason why I'm not taking Wilder by stoppage is just greed. Right? I have no problem saying that, folks, this is gambling. Be greedy, right? But understand the risk involved. That extra greed might cost you the whole bet. I'll take that chance. I think you have a very good fighter in uh, Deontay Wilder, right? A fighter of the moment up against really an all-time great. I believe there's a gap. I also believe there's a learning curve. This is the third time the guys have fought. I believe Fury knows Wilder. I believe 
Fury is a more complicated fighter than Wilder. There are parts of Fury's game he has not shown in either fight. I don't believe Wilder knows Fury as well as Fury knows Wilder. Right? That's the first thing. The second reason why I'm not taking Wilder by KO, even though you're getting spectacular odds, right, is simply the mechanics of the fight itself. Understand, the second fight is different than the first fight. The first fight, Tyson Fury comes out and decides he's just going to outbox Deontay Wilder. Right? Wilder, who has ring coverage, in other words, if he times it right, he can hit you from distance with power with that straight right hand. I did not say right hook. I said straight right hand. Right, But understand, Wilder doesn't move that well. Wilder certainly can't win this fight on his back foot. Right, Fury, who dances the first fight, is actually a switch. You know what I'm talking about. You know, you're with your girl and, oh, you know, you're the dominant uh, in romantic moments. And then, of course, you realize she could be the dominant. Right? That the role play can actually change. That there's a part of her personality that you might not have known about the first time or the first day. But you know now because you've been together for a while. Well, just to understand, Tyson Fury's dancing the first fight. Right? But Tyson Fury has a front foot game. He has an in-the-pocket game. And because he's tall, he can leverage it. So the first fight, he's dancing. He's dancing away from Deontay Wilder. He gets a little reckless in round 9. He gets even more reckless in round 10. He's within punching range of Deontay Wilder and he pays for it. But he's not trying to duke it out with Deontay Wilder. Rather, he's fighting the same fight that he fought against Vladimir Klitschko years earlier. Understand what happened the second fight. He got on the phone. He calls up Sugar Hill. Right? The two of them get together and they decide, you know what? I'm not going to move away the entire fight from Deontay Wilder. Rather, what I'm going to do is I'm going to use my reach and I'm going to force this guy who's tethered to the pocket to actually box me, to actually engage with me to exchange with me. Because, of course, Tyson Fury knows all about Deontay Wilder's straight right hand. He's been dropped by it twice. Right? He knows all about that straight right hand. But understand, Tyson Fury has more in his toolkit. Tyson Fury has his own straight right hand. Tyson Fury has a better jab than Deontay Wilder. Tyson Fury, of course, can throw combinations better than Wilder. Tyson Fury can shorten his punches. So what you have is a situation where you're dealing with Deontay Wilder forced to actually engage. This is not the opening rounds 
of the Luis Ortiz fight, where Deontay Wilder is doing next to nothing. Deontay Wilder is actually forced to engage. He doesn't have a profound reach advantage, because Tyson Fury is that rare guy who's taller than him. Right? And so there's nowhere to hide. We're finding out that Deontay Wilder is not defensively blessed. Because since he's a big puncher, opponents have treated him like alpha. Right? Their game plan hasn't been to actually have a pocket for him and to trade with the guy. Understand, a big part of Fury's game is he measures Wilder. He'll stick his hand out. See how far away Wilder is. And then he's timing his own shots and he's coming in with straight right hands. And of course Wilder, who hasn't been tested this way. Right? Let's face it. Wilder's opponents don't include a Vladimir Klitschko. Right? They don't include an Anthony Joshua. And I'm naming elite fighters. They don't include a Joseph Parker. I'm naming prominent fighters of his era. I know he's had a lot of fights. He hasn't had the quality of opposition, quite frankly, that Tyson Fury has had. So, let me just say, you know, if Wilder's going to win by stoppage, it's going to have to come early. There's going to have to be a wrinkle. Maybe he can channel his inner Lennox Lewis and he could throw punches that are off target deliberately just to confuse Tyson Fury, just to also see which way Tyson Fury moves. And then maybe he can trick Tyson Fury into running into one of his punches. Also, as I've said, if you look at the Bermains to Vern rematch, you'll notice Deontay Wilder does get a pretty good left hook off. Right? Doesn't throw it that often. Maybe there's more to his left hook than meets the eye. But let's be clear about the era we've been in. This is point number three I want to make. Then I'm going to sign off on this video. Point number three is think about the era we were in before Tyson Fury comes back. Understand, Deontay Wilder has the same problem that Anthony Joshua has. Now, there was a time when we thought these two men ruled the world. We thought to find out who was the undisputed heavyweight champion, those two men had to fight and we would figure it out. No doubt the people around them said, hey, you're the best. You're the best, you know, right? Even though neither guy is, and we'll just pull a fictional character out here because there's a movie coming out, Halloween Kills, I'm not an advertiser for the movie, but you know in that movie, Michael Myers, the fictional villain, is a stalker, right? You look up, you see him across the street, then you look up, and oh, he's here right in your face, he's forcing you to engage, right? In an earlier video, I compared Sean Porter to Michael Myers, because that's how I view Sean Porter. You're in with Sean Porter, you see Sean Porter a little far away, you know it's just a matter of time that Sean Porter's going to be up in your grill, deep in the pocket, throwing hooks. You know that's going to happen, 
Just like you know in that Halloween Kills movie that's coming out, there's going to be some scene where someone turns around, Michael Myers is up in that person's grill causing all kind of havoc. You know that's going to happen. You don't know that with either Wilder or Anthony Joshua. These were cautious guys. These weren't the guys who came and found you. Right? Neither guy was a Nigel Bear. Neither guy is a Derek Chisora. Right? Where, you know, first round rings and you know with certainty Derek Chisora is going to be up in your face. Right? You know that with certainty. Whether it's five seconds in, whether it's 15 seconds in, whether it's 25 seconds in, you know he's going to be up in your face. You don't leave Derek Chisora fights thinking, man, Derek wasn't courageous enough. With these guys, let's face it, both guys want you to come to them. Don't they? Who was more aggressive in the first round? of the Anthony Joshua Usyk fight. Right? Joshua's fighting a guy he outweighs by almost 20 pounds. Right? The guy, quite frankly, had rough moments against Derek Chisora. Does Joshua think to himself, you know what, I'm bigger than this dude. You know what, Derek Chisora was cuffing this guy around early. Let me just see if this guy can remotely take my punching power. Let's find that out in this first round. Was that the fight you saw? Or was the fight you saw Anthony Joshua being cautious, Usyk bringing the fight to him? Well, isn't that Deontay Wilder? I understand. Wilder has some spectacular first-round KOs. Right? The Brazil fight. Spectacular first-round KO. The rematch of the Bermain-Stavern fight, which I've mentioned. Spectacular first-round KO. Right? All I'm saying is, He's reliant on guys coming to him, isn't he? He's not going to race across the ring and try to, you know, engage and have a free-for-all with Tyson Fury, force Fury to fight him. You know that's not who he is. You know the other guy actually gets to set the table. Right? Wilder's... Wilder's style is to stand back, lean back. Let the other guy come to him. Luis Ortiz, Brazil. Let the other guy come to him. And then at the right moment, when the guy moves in the range, throw the right hand. Well, folks, understand that gives a Tyson Fury a distinct advantage. Right? This is a fight of spacing, isn't it? Fury has figured out that if he stays an arm's length away, he's by far the superior boxer. He takes the sting out of any right hand that Deontay Wilder throws. Not only that, Fury has figured out that he can counter anything that Deontay Wilder throws. So you had stretches in the first fight which didn't go that long. It didn't make it to the midway point of the eighth round. You have stretches in that first fight where Wilder's barely hanging on. Right? Let's face it too. 
Wilder's defensive skills, you know, Wilder really can't just reach forward and tie up Tyson Fury because Fury's too advanced. Fury's a guy who knows he needs to maintain distance. He knows when Wilder starts to tire because Wilder's low volume. When Wilder starts to tire, Fury knows not to allow him to easily tie him up. There's some tie-ups in the first fight. But you notice Wilder is tiring exponentially, isn't he? You also notice that Fury, because Fury's the more aggressive fighter of the two, right? Again, this is not the first fight. Fury actually has Wilder up against the ropes. And you understand, this is not the rumble in the jungle. Wilder's not up against the rope because he wants to be. This isn't Mayweather up against the ropes against Marcus Maidana. This isn't the KG vet saying, hey, I'm going to let Wilder throw himself out. No, no, this is the overwhelmed guy who's accustomed to knocking people out with straight right hands, who's accustomed to other fighters coming to him, who's unaccustomed to being forced to engage and having to back up. Right? So I need to have people just look at the spacing on the fight. Right? Fury makes sure he doesn't need to get close enough to throw hooks. He can dismantle Deontay Wilder who threw several right hands the first fight. Look at the film but many of them missed. He can literally come in and dismantle Deontay Wilder by just throwing straight right hands and straight left hands, forcing Wilder to engage while staying on the outer limits of the pocket. Then, of course, as Wilder gets tired, and folks, it's not the heavy costume that he wears in the ring. It's that he's actually forced to defend himself against a guy who's engaging with him, not running from him. Right? As Wilder starts to get tired, that's when Fury comes in and starts landing body shots, throwing hooks, and stuff like that. So I'm expecting this fight to end by stoppage. I just feel the guy who gets the stoppage is Tyson Fury. And I... Um, you know, as a hedge, I'm willing to take the under seven and a half rounds out of pure greed. Because if Fury gets the stoppage in the first seven and a half rounds of the fight, then I win both halves of the play. I don't do that if one half only wins if Deontay Wilder gets the stoppage. And because I see this fight as accelerated and not making it into the last third of the fight, if Wilder gets the stoppage by the midway point of the eighth round, I'm covered by the under seven and a half rounds. Right? Let me also say, too, that there are some plays I'll make because the odds are too tempting. Right? I understand you're getting long odds right now on Deontay Wilder, and I get that it's tempting. Right? Fury's that good, folks. I'm not taking these long odds. I am going to take Caleb Plant. Now the line is a plus 550, if you could believe that.
I am going to take Khaled Plant over Canelo as part of that bet. But again, that has a lot to do with styles. Here, I'm just not a believer that a different Deontay Wilder could show up. I think the same Wilder who showed up in the second fight, shows up for this third fight, understand that second fight is the only fight Wilder has ever lost as a pro. Right? The only one. So I think Wilder is facing a mental challenge right now. Right? Where he's blaming everyone. I didn't like the way he fired Mark Breland. I get the feeling that Wilder is a guy who likes yes men around him. I don't think Wilder knows the holes in his game. I've listened to Wilder interviews. And Wilder, you know, at one point was talking about how he felt he could beat Mike Tyson and stuff like that. Understand, Prime Tyson is two-handed. Right? Prime Tyson feasted on taller fighters who couldn't keep him outside. The Wilder jab is not the Buster Douglas jab. Right? I just get the feeling that sometimes success leads to delusions. Wilder was KOing everyone in front of him. Right? I only gave Wilder one round in the Luis Ortiz rematch. You know what round that was. That's the round where Luis Ortiz gets dropped and stopped. Understand, it was the second time Wilder had faced Luis Ortiz. Wilder was clueless on what to do with him. Had Ortiz not been stopped, I'm convinced that Ortiz would have won 10 or 11 of the 12 rounds. Right? I just don't think Wilder is introspective enough. As I said in an earlier video, I believe he's hardwired. Now he's facing the opposite. Right? Fury is not showing you all he has. In the Steve Cunningham fight, in fact, in the Otto Wallen fight, Tyson Fury got desperate. He had to crash the pocket to win both of those fights. You saw his short game. Right? You saw him shorten his punches. Tyson Fury fights Derek Chisora twice. Now, if there's a guy who's going to force you to deal with him on the inside, it's Derek Chisora. Very important person in boxing. Very important. Right? One of the best litmus tests in boxing. I believe Usyk intentionally picked Derek Chisora to see how he would handle an aggressive heavyweight, knowing that he wasn't going to be dealing with such aggression from Anthony Joshua or from Deontay Wilder. Right? Well, let me just tell you, Derek Chisora gets inside on Tyson Fury. It was at that moment that I understood Fury could fight inside. Right? So, I believe the problem here is that Fury knows Wilder. And Wilder doesn't know himself. That's what I believe is going on. That's why we're hearing Mark Breland fired. Somebody spiked my drink. My uniform was too heavy when I entered the ring. I've hired Jabber 
Malik Scott. And he's going to show me how to beat Tyson Fury. Folks, it's ridiculous. Right? Simply ridiculous. So, to sum up, I expect Fury to win. I think he does so by stoppage. The hedge I'm going to have is the under seven and a half rounds, simply because I'm being greedy. Now, I could well lose it all. I might be here in a post-fight video talking about a Deontay Wilder kale I did not see coming later in the fight. But if it happens earlier in the fight, the hedge will have served its purpose. That's how I see it. Let me hear from you. I hope you leave your comments in the comment section of this video. Thanks for stopping by.